Yeah, all right. You know, I throw in a little bit of beatboxing every now and then when I do my intros. Hello, this is Reading with Finest. I am Finest. I'm reading Japanese myths to you today. The story that I'm reading from Japanese myths is The Celestial Robe of Feathers. Follow me at Everything's Just Fine on Instagram to see illustrations of mine. They get better just like my reading gets better. Uh, yeah, follow the Be Witness. Watch. See. Watch me grow. Why not? Uh, unless you're too busy growing yourself, which, you know, I understand that. I, I can't always watch everybody while I'm, while I'm growing. I, I'm busy growing. So no love loss if you don't. Come in and out when you choose the field to see me growing. Uh, yeah, let's uh, get started, right? The Celestial Robe of Feathers. Begins like this. In the third year, after the royal hunt, in the springtime, the Lady Kagu, Kagawa continually gazed at the moon. On the seventh month, when the moon was full, the Lady Kagawa's sorrow increased so that her weeping distressed the maidens who served her. At last, they came to the bamboo cutter and said, Long has the Lady Kagawa watched the moon, waxing in melancholy, and with the waxing, therefore, and her woe now passes all measures, and slowly she weeps and wails. Wherefore, we console thee to speak with her. When the bamboo cutter commanded with his daughter, or come, come, commented with his daughter, he requested that she tell him the cause of her sorrow and was informed that the sight of the moon caused her to reflect upon the wretchedness of the world. Psh, don't it? During the eight month, the Lady Kagawa explained to her maidens that she was no ordinary mortal, but that her birthplace was the capital of Moonland. Okay. And that the time was now at hand when she was destined to leave the world and return to her old home. Not only was the bamboo cutter heartbroken at this sorrow news, sorrowful news, but the Makandu was also considerably troubled. When he heard of the proposed departure of Lady Kagawa, his majesty was informed that at the next full moon, a company would be sent down from that shining orb to take this beautiful lady away. Whereupon he determined to put a check upon this celestial invasion. He ordered that a guard of soldiers should be stationed about the bamboo cutter's house, armed and prepared, if need be, to shoot their arrows upon those moon folk who would fain take the beautiful lady Kagawa away. The old bamboo cutter naturally thought that with such a guard to protect his daughter, the invasion from the moon would prove utterly futile. The Lady Kagawa attempted to correct the old man's ideas on the subject, saying, Yay can't prevail over the folk of yonder land, nor will you, your artillery harm them, nor your def defiance avail against them. For every door will fly open at their approach, nor may you valor help. For me, yea, never so stout-hearted. When the moon folk came, vain will be your struggle with them. 
These remarks made the bamboo cutter exceedingly angry. He asserted that his nails would turn into talons. In short, that he would completely annihilate such impudent visitors from the moon. Oh, shit. It's about to be a whole alien fight going on. Man, mythology. Can I? Oh. Now, while the royal guard was stationed about the bamboo cutter's house, on the roof and in every direction, the night wore away. At the hour of the of the Rata great glory, exceeding the splendor of the moon and stars shone around. While the lights still continued, a strange cloud approached, bearing upon it a company of moon folk. Oh, yes. The cloud slowly descended until it came near to the ground, and the moon folk assembled themselves in order. When the royal guard perceived that every soldier grew afraid at the strange spe spectacle, but at length some of their numbers summoned up sufficient courage to bend their bows and send their arrows flying, but all their sh all their shafts went astray. On the cloud there rested a canop canopid car. Okay, I don't know what that is. Canopid can canop. Canoped car, uh, resplendent with curtains of finest woolen fabric, and from out the car is a mighty voice sounded saying, "Come thou forth, Mayoko Maro." The bamboo cutter tortured forth to obey the summons and received for his pains an address from the chief of the moon folk, commencing with "Thou fool," and ending with a command that Lady Kagak. Kagawa should be given up without further delay. The car floated upward upon the cloud till it hovered over the roof. Once again, the same mighty voice shouted, Ho! There! Kagawa! It is a ho. That's funny. Um, how long would thou tarry in the this sorry place? <laughs> this is so funny. Moonful came down. It's like, ho, get in. How long you been down in this trashy place? Come, What are you doing here? I see you crying every time you see home because so much terrible stuff happens here. What are you doing having fun having these five suitors just do random stuff for you? Try to get them to get a robe that was fireproof? Why? The moon don't have fire. We don't need it. What do you need the robe for? Get in this car. They didn't even say Lady Kagawa. They were like, ho there, Kagawa. How long would thou tear in this sorry place? question mark rebuttal is immediately the outer door of the storehouse and the inner lactic work were opened by the power of the moon folk and revealed that lady kagawa and her woman gathered about her the lady kagawa before taking her departure greeted the prostrate bamboo cutter and gave him a scroll bearing these words had i been born in this land Never should I have quitted it until this time until the time came for my father to suffer no sorrow for his child. But now, on the contrary, must I pass beyond the boundaries of this world, though sorely against my will, my silken mantle I leave behind me as a memorial. And when the moon lights up and the night, let me feather gaze upon it. Now my eyes must take their last look, and I must mount the yonder sky, whence I found would fall meteor-wise to earth. 
Now the moon folk had brought with them in a coffer a celestial feather, robe, and a few drops of elixir of life. One of them said to the lady Kagawa, Taste, I pray you, of this elixir, for soiled has your spirit become with the grossness of this filthy world. <sighs> Spit. Lady Kagawa, after tasting the elixir, was about to wrap up some in the mantle she was leaving behind for the benefit of the old bamboo cutter who had loved her so well when one of the moon folk prevented her to and attempted to throw over her shoulder the celestial robe when the Lady Kagawa exclaimed, Have patience yet a while. Who dons yonder robe changes his heart, and I have still somewhat to say ere I depart. Then she proceeded to write the following to Makado, Your Majesty, uh, Dijon, to send a host to protect your servant. But it was not to be, and now is the misery at hand of departing with those who have come to bear her away with them. Not permitted was it to hear to her to serve her majesty. And despite her will, was it that she yielded not obedience to the royal command and wrung with grief is her heart threat. And preach, perchance your majesty may have thought the royal will was not understood and was opposed by her. And so will she appear to your majesty lacking in good manners, which she would not, your majesty, deemed her to be and therefore humbly she lays this writing at the royal feet. And now must she don the feather robe and mournfully bid her lord farewell. Having delivered this scroll into the hands of the captain of the, the host, together with the bamboo joint containing the elixir, the feather robe was thrown over her, and in a moment, all memory of her earthly existence departed. Damn. So that was like, kind of reminds me of a, I mean, not even close, but just a little bit of like, internal sunshine you know where he's like hey but she stopped it you know she stopped that from happening because if she had given way to the majesty which i don't know he's kind of creepy kind of pushy a little bit but say she was like hey i find this charming and enchanting and I, i'm with it and i'll love you or whatever um she's like i, I couldn't have done that because i would have to go back to the moon and then everyone would have forgot that i ever was here but that love in your heart would have still been like aching you for your life who wants that i saved you boy Having delivered this scroll into the hands of the captain of the host together with a bamboo joint containing the elixir, the feather robe was thrown over her, and in a moment, in a moment, all memory of her earthly existence departed. I said that. Then Lady Kagawa entered the car, surrounded by the company of moonfolk, and the cloud rapidly rose skyward till it was lost to sight. The sorrow of the bamboo cutter and of the makadu knew no bounds. The later hailed a grand council, and inquired which was the highest mountain in the land. One of the counselors answered, In Sir Uga stands a mountain, not remote from the capital, that towers highest towards heaven, among all the mountains of the land, whereupon his majesty composed the following verse. Nevermore to see her, tears of grief overwhelm me. And as for me, with the elixir of life, what have I to do? Sounds like sucks for you, brother. The scroll which the Lady Kagawa had written together with the elixir was given to Tasuki no Ayahuasca, Ayakasawa, Kasa. These 
he these he was commanded to take to the summit of the highest mountain in Suruga, and standing upon the highest peak to burn the scroll and the elixir of life. So, Tosuki no Ayakuasa heard humbly the royal command and took with him a company of warriors and uh, warriors and climbed the mountain and did as he was bidden. And it was from that time forth the name of Fuji, Fujiyama, never dying, was given to yonder mountain. And men say that the smoke of that burning steel curls from its high peak to mingle with the clouds of heaven. Oh my God, what a good story. It had aliens in it. It had the reason why uh, Fu uh, Fujiyama, the, you know, the mountain is named that. Oh man, it even tells you why smoke goes up to the heavens because someone burned the elixir of life that could have kept people living forever, but it didn't mean anything because you could never have Lady Kagawa. Kagawa. Um, wow, what a great story. I'm excited. Sorry, nerding out on you guys. It's always cool when I get a lot of pieces together. You know, um, how tragic. Thank you for listening to Reading with Finest. I'll be here tomorrow to read to you again. Uh, today's the day. Go out and read it or not. Or listen to me while you're reading. Uh, Abby, kind of, it, it can be hard if you're reading and I'm talking to you. Probably don't do that. Just read, then listen to me. Read again, maybe. Or go do what you want. Live your dreams. Maybe your dreams are reading. Uh, I'm out. Ba-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do